1: Download the Viator app now and use code VIATOR10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Come on, let's work. Come on, let's work. Come on, let's work. Come on,
0: You can wish for it or you can work for it. You got to work for greatness If you ain't working, you should be working. Come on, let's work. So this week is super special. We are doing things a little differently. I had the amazing opportunity to be featured on the Women Who Roar IGTV series with my girl, Victoria Jen. It was such an amazing conversation that I just knew my workaholics would appreciate it. So sit back, relax, and listen to this super special episode where I get to confess.
2: Well, thank you so much for joining today and being on the series. You are somebody that I've wanted to connect with for quite some time. I've been following your journey. I love your authenticity and I know those tuning into the show today is going to appreciate it as well. So where I, I want to start this with your transition because you were a teacher before, right? I was, yes. Second and third grade. Second and third grade and now you've transitioned into this online online guru, master. So can you talk about that transition and what led you to make the transition? Oh my goodness. So I taught second and third grade straight out of college.
0: I was one of those people who knew from probably the time I was eight or nine years old that I wanted to be a teacher. Um, When I got to college, there was no doubt about it. When I graduated, I moved here to Atlanta to teach um, uh, second, second grade at the time. But literally within the first year, I really realized that it was not all that I thought it was gonna be. Like Mm -hmm. I was in the job doing the work and I um, was not necessarily satisfied with the things that were going on outside of the classroom. So I loved the kids, I loved being a teacher, but I hated the politics of it all. I hated the staff meetings. I hated the micromanagement. I hated like, you know, those things that I couldn't really control. I just wanted to teach. And so um, literally with the, the first year, I remember having a conversation with my administrator, like what else can I do? There has to be something else. And so honestly, the only thing that I could think of that I could do because I wasn't satisfied with the work and I definitely wasn't satisfied with the money I was making was go back to school and get another degree. So I went back to school like so many people do. I got my master's degree in education and literally incurred like, eighty nine thousand dollars in student loan debts and only ended up getting like a four hundred dollar raise so that put planted a seed in my head that this was not going to last long like i could not do this forever but it wasn't until i got engaged it was an abusive relationship it ended that and that prompted me to really start to explore um entrepreneurship accidentally because i ended up starting a support group in my living room literally for me and my single friends trying to figure out how we could avoid these situations and so that turned into the single wives club which was the brand that kind of put me on the map so a lot of the media outlets that you were naming those features came through my work with the single wives club and so the single wives club led to workplace lay weekend workplace lay weekend led to busy at the beach Um, and all of that kind of transitioned and and set the stage for work university.
2: Okay, a lot,
0: right? (laughs) I I I love it though, like all the way back to make it make sense.
2: No, but I love it because it shows you that where you start is not necessarily where you're gonna finish or continue. And also that you have to always be open to reinventing yourself and (laughs) pivoting. and going where you need to go in order to expand and continue to grow, mm-hmm. and also do what your heart calls you to do, right? Uh, so I want to talk about the Single Wives Club mm-hmm. and and how that started and why that started. Like, what happened that made you want to create that club?
0: Yeah, so I was 24 years old, and like so many other women, I had made up in my mind like when I needed to be married. And for me, it was 25. Like, I had graduated college, I had bought my first condo, I had my career, I was working on a master's degree. Like I had checked off all these things on my list and I was like, okay, next, get the man, you know, get married, have the kids all, you know, that life. And so literally be careful what you wish. Um, I wrote this letter, did, did this whole thing where I manifested this mess of a man, ended up getting engaged. It ended up being an abusive relationship. The craziest, you know, from start to finish, it's a crazy situation. But what it taught me is number one, what I'm made of. You know, definitely what I can, um, what I can, what I can survive. Like it was the most empowering situation because it was like, if you can survive this, like so many other women don't even make it out of situations like this. So if you can make it out of this, you can literally do anything. Mm -hmm. And the second half of my epiphany after this um, situation was that I was not prepared to be a wife. I did not want to blame him you know for all of these things that happened i really wanted to figure out like how did i even attract this guy like what the what was i going through that i was even dealing with this for this long you know and so it was a lot of soul searching it was therapy it was reading all the books it was doing all of the things and in that process i um started the single wives club which was literally almost like a potluck so it was me and probably 12 of my girlfriends, and they each had to bring a dish and a recipe. So I was pretty much trying to learn how to cook. You know, like, y'all can bring this food, but I need to know how y'all cooked this so I can add this. In my mind, that was step one. Like, you want to be a wife? You got to get your game up in the kitchen. That is just where I <laughs> thought to start. Right, so it right. all started there. And those potlucks turned into just more of a conversation about these different issues we were experiencing and what we were going through and the type of guys we were attracting and just. What that looked like versus the wife life that we wanted to live, and just um, that mission developed into you know a global movement that was literally impacting women all around the world. And what we did, because the number one thing people would say was like, "How are how is a single woman running the Single Wives Club, trying to help single women you know become wives?" But what they did not dig deep enough to realize a lot of times is that it was all about education. I'm an educator. Like that is what I do. You know, all of those different businesses that we just talked about, they were all rooted in education. And so what I did is I created the foundation for happy wives, women who have been there, done that, who are who are literally living that life to come in and educate the single women. So it was all about mentorship and helping to share, you know, those
2: lessons that our moms
0: or our aunts or our grandmothers weren't able to share with us.
2: Interesting, interesting. So, major takeaway i took from that and i think a lot of people should take away watching right now is oftentimes we need to experience failure and we need to experience trauma we need to experience discomfort in order for us to truly bloom into our best selves which is what you learned right mm-hmm. during your experience which i think is is definitely we should know. And thank you so much for sharing that with us. By the way, are you in your bathroom? Is that your curtain for your backdrop for your bathroom? No. Oh, I'm <laughs> in my office. That's no, I was going to say now, that was, it's so cute. Now,
0: yeah, no, that's so funny. This is not my shower curtain, guys. <laughs> it's not, no, that's funny. I just <laughs> like my little pattern here, so. No,
2: no, it's nice. It's a nice pattern. No, I wanted to ask because I think a lot of times and women especially feel like they need to have like a studio or they need to have oh, yeah, perfected yeah. in order for them to do a live or to start something and that's why I asked that question because look at me I'm in front of my shoecase. listen you <laughs> gotta make that do what it do exactly you gotta do what you need to do especially during this time guys so don't wait to feel like you need to have things perfected just execute yeah uh, so all right so how were you able to to make this a global platform? How are you able to scale it?
0: Um, The Single Wives Club? Yes. So the crazy thing with the Single Wives Club is that, I say that was the business that put me on the map, but that was literally like the fifth business that I had started in terms of like, multi-level marketing stuff that I had tried, um, just all these little things that I had tried, just trying to figure it out. And so the Single Wives Club was the first that took off but I did not know what I was doing. Like, I had no business, real business experience. I did not have a business degree. I did not have mentors. I did not have a coach. It was literally the one thing, the one thing that I had was a story. Mm. And it, luckily, it was the truth. You know, it wasn't like some story I had right. made up. It was literally, I was just a single woman that had been through this thing and wanted to learn the lesson. But then I didn't just want to learn it for myself. I wanted to provide a platform so that we could all learn it because I realized there were so many other women out there just like me who were literally willing to trade, you know, their soul, which is pretty much what I was about to do for a ring and a wedding. And I knew that I had gone through this for a specific reason, that it was bigger than me. And so it was that message and it was that authenticity and it was that people could relate, you know, to what I was um, saying because they could see that it was real. They could see that I was who i said i was i wasn't just saying you know that these are the things that we need to do i didn't just make up this story i wasn't trying to you know make money off of single women it was literally a nonprofit organization when i started it because i didn't know what i was doing i just wanted to host these free events bring together women and let's just figure it out like that's literally what it was and i eventually you know got my mind right and i had to monetize it and it became you know a for-profit business but that is what um i think attracted people. And then Instagram came along, you know, and when Instagram came along and I started really investing in learning how to market, um, and, and I didn't still didn't really know what I, what I was doing, but I think the thing that worked for me even then, um, was just my voice, you know, like I have a very, if anybody listens to my podcast, I have a very, um, homegirl in your head you know, girlfriend next door, I'm not trying to preach to you, I'm not trying to make it seem like I know everything, but listen, I'm trying to figure it all out, and you could come along with me, you know, and figure it out too, and uh, I think a lot of people appreciated that, because in the relationship space, there's a lot of people giving you rules, there's a lot of people telling you, you know, the Ten Commandments of dating, this rule and that rule, and if you do this, this is the formula, and I was just like, yo, I don't have all (laughs) the answers. but listen, this is what I've been through, and this is definitely not what, you know, this is what definitely does not work. So I can tell you what doesn't work, but we got to figure out what does work together. And that I think is what attracted people
2: um, to it. And women all around the world are going through those same issues. You would be so surprised. Right. And I think that's a gem right there also is sometimes we search for the perfect product or Mm -hmm. the perfect, you know, platform when in fact, all your answers lie within yourself. It's you, it's your story. It's what makes you unique, right? That is... The value proposition that's how you're gonna get in so don't yep. be afraid to unveil yourself and truly bring your story to the forefront by the way shout out to everybody who said that they do do their lives from the bathroom <laughs> i saw that i'm like that's creative okay <laughs> i'm telling you the, the curtain is the backdrop <laughs> listen you gotta make it do what
0: it do you would be surprised like you know people that are not dressed you know like from here to,
2: yeah we, we are getting it in over here, okay? Yes, that's how you got to do it. Um, okay, so how, when did you decide, so you no longer do
0: the Wives Club, the right? Wife. So I sold the Single Wives Club in 2017. Um, so no, it's no longer in existence, but because of my recent life change, I, I, I've never gotten away from, you know, my, my heart for single women. I just got frustrated with single women because single women were the biggest headache in me running the single wives club. Mm. The single women were the ones who gave me the most trouble. You know, the wives were with it. The men were advocating for it. But the single women were like, sis, we want the man. But we we could be a mess. You know, they just have to accept my mess. And I'm like, it does not <laughs> work like that. It doesn't right. work like that. So I eventually got, you know, stressed out. Um, but I say all that to say, it's not in existence now. I don't necessarily want to say that it will be coming back, but I do really still feel like that need is there. Like we, we need help still. Um, and so no, but I'm working on a book.
2: Okay. So, and we'll get back to that. So you decided to dissolve the business at that time because it was no longer serving you. Mm -hmm. Right. So what happened after that? What was the next step for you?
0: Oh my God. Um, so after I sold the Single Wives Club, what I pretty much the Single Wives Club pretty much was not profitable anymore. It started as um, local events, then it grew into a membership, and then the membership turned into. Um, in addition to the membership, we had an annual weekend that was like our members, you know, could come and meet up. That annual weekend is what eventually became Workplace Slay Weekend. So the Single Wives Club was pretty much nothing anymore. It was just like an Instagram page. It was just like a brand online. So it was costing me money, but it wasn't really profitable anymore. And so um, what happened after that is my income probably doubled because I was able to really focus on the things that were um, uh, not just profitable but that were actually serving people in a way that they wanted to be served because I felt like at you know at that point the Civil Wise Club had become me just trying to give you know people what I thought they needed versus really giving them what they wanted. Um, And so it gave me an opportunity to really figure that out and focus my time on that.
2: And how did you come to that realization that you were, you know, because that's a mindset shift with giving people what they wanted versus what you perceive that they need. So how is that mindset shift? Because I think now a lot of women, especially in service-based businesses, they, they act from a place of self instead of acting from a place of who am I serving and what is it that they need and want? So I think the biggest thing for me
0: was um, taking my feelings out of it because the Single Wives Club really was a passion project for me. It, it came from my pain, you know, like the deepest pain I had ever experienced birthed you know, my purpose. Truly, truly. That is not just a quote. Like, I would not have discovered it if I had not gone through that. And so, um, I felt deeply about the, you know, strongly about the mission. Um, but like I said, it, it was not, it was me fighting, you know, it was not me flowing. It was me trying to force it. Um, and so I definitely think that me taking my feelings out of it, being able to step back and look at it objectively. And then, having, I just so happened to have a conversation with someone who wasn't necessarily a mentor or a coach, but I guess unofficially, you know, could be just a conversation though with me just talking about my frustrations and talking about the fact that I was spending money, you know, on like the monthly fees and things for the Single Wives Club, but it literally was not making any money. And she's like, well, you could just sell it, you know, and that was a mindset shift because I, that wasn't even in my you know, like I couldn't even, fa- that that was never an option to me. It was like, okay, you're going to shut down the website, and then what? It was never an idea that I could actually profit from the pivot. So that, I think, definitely having people who could see, you know, things that you can't see, who who know about things that you don't necessarily know about because you haven't experienced it. And then also being willing to take your feelings out of it. Just this year, um, I ended my uh magazine work mag which was a publication that i started in 2018 i had dreamed about launching a magazine but magazines are expensive okay i don't know if y'all know about print costs (laughs) but this is why magazines don't print you know this is why they are moving you know they've all moved into digital it just is not sustainable and so that was me having to take my feelings out of What I want to do was cute, was fun to do, was nice to say that you've done, but was really worth, you know, was really worthwhile. And just what I've been able to do with work university is definitely a product of me being focused. And so I feel like every time I have, you know, pivoted, it's just allowed me um, to free up like that mental space. And then also just free up my time and energy to be able to, you know, do other things. So definitely being able to take my feelings out of it, having other people around me. And then two, polling my people, you know, because you can see what people are interested in just by looking at your analytics, just by looking at your, um, you know, your analytics on your social media, looking at your email analytics, looking at your sales. Like you can tell what people want versus what you want to give them.
2: Hmm. So I want to come back to uh, Work University and all the things you're doing associated with that. But I want to circle back to what you said earlier because you said you started this out of passion and you just wanted to help people. And so you decided to take the nonprofit route and then you felt you weren't profitable so you decided to now transition and monetize it and make it profitable. So can you talk a little bit about the nonprofit space? Because you can make money in the nonprofit Uh space uh too. But what made you decide to transition?
0: Me not knowing what I was doing. Like and that's why I really wanted to make it clear that when I started I had it was literally just it was my story that put me on. Cause I hadn't I didn't know what I was doing, y'all. Like I legit did not (laughs) know. Well, I still kinda don't know what I'm doing, but I've learned obviously some things over the years. But but then I literally had just came out of the classroom. Like I knew education, I knew second and third grade, and here I was as an entrepreneur. So I started it as a nonprofit because in my mind, nonprofit is for, you know, mission-based organizations that want to provide these services. Um, But I did not know about grants. I did not know about these funding opportunities. I did not know how to position myself to even be able to access those types of things. And I didn't know the people who could help me do it either. So because I couldn't figure that out, I said, okay, well, I can figure out how to make some profit from this. So I'm just going to switch to what I know how to do. I'm going to hustle these t-shirts. I'm going to host these events. And that became, you know, the single wives club. We had, you know, membership, we had merchandise, we had, um, uh, education, you know, opportunities. And that is why I ended up, you know, transitioning from nonprofit to for-profit. But last year I actually, um, started another nonprofit. Now that I have Okay. gained some experience and now that i you know know a little bit more about how to be able to leverage that in a in a more um beneficial way than what i was doing
2: before got it okay cool that makes sense um but again another gem even if you don't know what you're doing just do
0: <laughs> do okay yeah, you can I learn, can learn so much
2: more from just figuring right. it out exactly exactly so Congratulations are in order because you are now engaged. So congrats to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I think right now is a good time to talk about, you were engaged before, you manifested a mess, and now you're engaged now. Manifested a whole man, listen, (laughs) a whole one. That's what I'm gathering now. So tell me more about that manifestation. Was it like a Sierra thing? Or did you have your own process? Like how did you manifest this man in your life? You know what? It's so funny because I mean, I told this
0: story one million times with the single wives club. But obviously, it was just half of it because there was no happy ending, right. you know. Um, but the manifestation part is so key because it literally was the same principle for me to manifest what was terrible, you know, that I definitely asked for versus manifesting, you know, what I needed. Um and so I don't know what's the year, I mean, I don't think she released that prayer. Like, I don't know what her process was. My guess of what her process was, was um, upping her standards, changing her behaviors, um, really digging deep to figure out if her decision-making was at the root of all of this, which is what I did. So when I talk about that soul searching where I developed the Single Wives Club, that soul searching wasn't me trying to think of a business idea. It was literally me trying to figure out, what are you doing right now? You know, like, you got it going on on paper, but you are a mess. Like, what? It's not lining up? Like, really trying to figure that out. And the, that whole process from 2010, when I was engaged the first time, to 2020, well, really 2017, when I manifested him, it was self-development, like, the whole way through. Not to say that I wasn't dating men and making mistakes, but the mistakes got, uh, they weren't the same ones. You know, I never had to make the same mistake twice. You weren't ever gonna pull the same trick. You know, like I was never gonna fall for it twice. And so, yeah. just that process, I think, and then also really figuring out not just what I wanted, what looked good, which was what was in that first letter to God that I wrote, but what was really gonna matter 10 years from now. Like, what really makes me happy on a daily basis, what I really enjoy, you know, spending my time doing and focusing on manifesting someone that align with that instead of like those silly things that we think matter that really don't matter. And so when I got specific, I think, um, but but the manifesting did not come in, until the development. You know, like I really had to focus on myself before asking for those things because the person who is in alignment with those things that you're asking for is not gonna want you if you're not a match to that. So I think it's very important to not just say, write the letter, you know, make the list, but you really truly have to become the list. You have to become something that is a match to that. And so I feel like that is what, you know, was, was the difference. Um, But in that case, in 2009, when I manifested him um, and wrote that letter was very similar to in 2017, when I bought this, you know, travel pillow, I bought a set of travel pillows for me and my man that did not exist. But I know you know, that travel is very important to me. So I knew that this would be a representation of, you know, if you if you like to, I don't know, I don't know, if you're a, a wine connoisseur and you buy, you know, a set of matching wine glasses, a, right. her, a Mr. and Mrs. It's just a um, planting a seed to the universe. That's what I say. You're just planting a seed that you really believe is coming. You're not scared to ask for it. You're not ashamed to tell people about it. Like, I have never, you can go back and watch interviews these types of conversations I've had over the years, and I would tell people, like, my husband is coming. I might sound crazy, but I feel it. You know, I know that I know that it's in route, and I know that I'm not going to settle until I get it. Like, I, one day I'm going to have time, and I'm going to find all these clips of me saying this and piece it together, and then show my man at the end, like...
2: Told you so. <laughs> I told y'all, because it's like, I've been
0: saying these things, but... Now that I guess I have a little bit of proof, you know, people will pay a a little bit more attention. But I would say, yes, a little bit of the Sierra, but more so
2: developing yourself, making the list and becoming the list. So tell me what was the biggest self-development action you needed to take?
0: Oh, the biggest one was being okay with being bored. Mm -hmm. A lot of people get themselves into trouble when they get bored. They get lonely. They start to do crazy things. They start to deal with things they shouldn't be dealing with. You know, like you just spend your time doing things you have no business doing. Like Right now, now,
2: everybody hitting up people they probably shouldn't be hitting up. Listen,
0: (laughs) when I got, I just focus my energy a thousand percent on my business. Mm. that is what I did. Like, luckily, I had that to, you know, pour my energy into. But the biggest thing I would say that I had to do and I see that so many other people need to do is just investing our energy into things that serve us instead of, because it's not just about the fact that you're wasting your time when you're doing things like that, that are a waste of your time. It's also the fact that I believe that God is not about to bless you with the king when you are cool hanging out with the clown. You know, so I had to stop Hanging out, being friends with, kicking it, all of that stuff. We call it whatever. Even if you're not, you know, sleeping with these people. I'm not saying you know you are, but entertaining all these text messages. You know, all right. of those things that are just. Why are you responding to that? You bored? Like you? You just want
2: somebody to talk to? All of that. Right. <laughs> right. right. Nobody got time for that. Nobody got no, time. No for time that. for that. Nobody got time for that. Nobody got time for that. Got it. Um. So. Key gem here, instead of putting your energy and time towards the servants and the clowns, invest in yourself, get your money up, invest in your business, he will find you. I love that. He will find you. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I wanted to talk about, let's talk about, there's a line that you said, um, and I wanted to share the quote and it was, so they can save themselves. So this is for Work University. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that and what you meant by that. So listen, it's really funny because um,
0: the the more I talk, the more you'll see like how all of my businesses kind of intertwine because the same thing that I was saying with the Single Wives Club, you know, not waiting on Mister Right to come along, uh, Prince Charming to come swoop you off your feet and change your life and pay your bills and all of this silly stuff that we're waiting on, it's literally the same message. But now it's, you know, wrapped up in a trade school instead of a women empowerment, you know, organization. And so Work University is literally an online trade school specifically created for women of color to connect them with the resources that they need so they can save themselves, stop living paycheck to paycheck, and start living the life of their dreams. So what I've realized over all of these years that I've worked in empowerment is that I was empowering people, hyping them up. But not really helping them, not really giving them like a blueprint to do the things that they wanted to do. I was encouraging them, telling they could, telling them they could do it, but not showing them how. And so, at the end of 2019, I said, "I'm retiring from empowerment. I'm focusing on teaching women how to get paid." And I created um, Work University to really show women that they already have the skills to create multiple streams of income because over the years you know i haven't done just one thing like i've done multiple things i've used multiple skills multiple talents i've you know created multiple ways for me to be able to do the things you know that that i've been able to do and so i packaged up all of that information um and I created Work University as really the blueprint. It's a curriculum, of course, I am an educator, but it's literally the blueprint for you to use the skills you already have and create multiple streams, regardless of what those skills are. So it's not saying, you know, if you want to be a coach, this is for you. If you want to be in a specific industry, literally whatever industry you're in, our
2: curriculum shows you how to take those skills and monetize them. So is this like a one price, like, okay, I just purchased this curriculum, or is it like a membership? And yes, it- so it's a it's tuition. So it's literally like
0: a, like a trade school. So you pay monthly tuition. The tuition is literally $25 a month because I wanted to make it accessible to anyone, anywhere in the world. I didn't want the investment to be an excuse. And so, and my other thought behind that is if I cannot, with this coursework, help you double your investment, which is an extra $50 every month, then something I'm doing ain't right. And so that is my message to all of my students who enroll. It's like, yo, your my goal for you is an extra $50 a month. But one of the things that all of my students do um, every single month is they share their money goal, and then they share a progress report at the end of the month, whether they made their money goal, how they made it, if they didn't make it, what they're going to do you know, next month. And it's opportunity for us to support each other as we are trying to you know develop these multiple streams or increase our income so we can
2: stop relying on one um, paycheck, so if it's tuition, do they graduate so I have not
0: in my mind, the answer is no, obviously, we just you know opened our doors in December, so nobody has graduated yet um but it's not meant to be something that you finish. Our curriculum is broken up into freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, but the goal is for you to um, continue to monetize. So we have people all different levels, whether you are you know, working your nine to five and you have no clue where to start, or you are an entrepreneur and you've been an entrepreneur for the last 10 years there's still opportunities for you to develop multiple streams of income or new streams of income. And so what I try to do every single month is to give you creative ideas for ways that you can monetize. So it does not, so, you know, you get more than $25 worth every single month, even if you finish every single course inside of, um, inside of our student library. I have live trainings with guest professors every month. I do a coffee with co session, which is like an opportunity to get Um, your your specific questions answered. So there's more beyond just the curriculum, but the curriculum is meant to be the blueprint for you to, you know, do the
2: things you need to do. Got it. So I want to ask this question around competition because there are a lot of programs like this Mm -hmm. and you still decided to penetrate the market. You still decided to go in. Now, why did you make that decision and how did you... Think about differentiating yourself.
0: So there are a lot of memberships. There are definitely a lot of subscription-based uh, model businesses, but what sets Work University apart, you know, from everything that I've seen is our specific focus on diversifying your income. So there's lots of, you know, um, memberships that show you how to save money. There's lots of memberships that show you how to make money in specific ways, how to market your business, um, give you different tools. But I have not seen any that specifically give you a blueprint for monetizing your skills um, in a way that you can apply it to yourself. It's not, you know, a cookie cutter set of skills required for you to be successful. And so what I personally um, feel like my secret sauce is, I'm like a money making monster, you know, like you can tell me your passion, you can tell me your skills and I can give you 10 things that you can do to monetize it. That's how my mind works. When I think of one idea, five more are coming right behind it. And so when I was trying to figure out how I was going to pivot this last time, because Work University was born because I decided to quit WorkPray Select and that was my pivot and i literally just gave my time myself time off to just think and just get quiet and just figure out like god okay i'm just let you tell me what you want me to do right and when i started to think about what i really offer like aside from the fancy events and aside from the fun time that people have what is it that i bring that nobody else in the room brings and it is that monetization i can give you i can make you feel like you can get out there and make money. There are so many people who feel like if I don't have this specific set of skills, if I don't have X number of followers, if I don't have this degree, I can't do it. And Work University says, yes, you can. And so I don't know of many other programs out there, definitely not for $25 a month, that are giving you this information. (laughs) I literally had a student um, last month who turned her $25 investment into a forty-five thousand dollars contract for six weeks worth of work from downloading a resource that i gave out for free you know so there's literally no um the, the price tag has nothing to do with right. what is you no, know with yeah. what's provided and i did that purposely that's part of you know when i was thinking about how i could differentiate because i am not trying to make you know i'm not trying to i'm not trying to i'm not charging what i could be charging that's right. not my business model my business model in the past has been you know, go, go wide, where I'm really trying to serve everybody, you know, I'm trying to come up with a million things to serve everybody. I decided for 2020, I'm going to create this one bomb program, put my whole heart into it, and then just give them everything I got. And that's been working for me. So um, I think that that is what I was, you know, operating
2: with the intention of when I developed it got it so my reason behind that question uh was because like when you walk down a bread aisle in a supermarket you see so many different brands but at the end of the day it's bread and they figure out different ways to fluff up the bread to color the bread right and that's how they make themselves different so a lot of times people tend to hold themselves back from entering into a space because they feel it's oversaturated mm-hmm. not understanding that they can put their t- personal twist on it yeah. and make magic right and make yeah. it work for them like it doesn't matter which is you know one of the reasons why I, i'm hosting this series it was it's possible by the female collaborative which is my nonprofit, which is all about revolutionizing how women work and do business together and putting dope ass women like you in rooms in spaces so that they can figure out how can we collaborate and make magic together and really check the ego at the door and just the competition is healthy if we're helping each other both get money right we don't have to go against each other right we can collaborate and get the money together in fact in many cases we can be more profitable that way and i think it's important to to highlight that okay so now it's just work university that is your main baby right now, so workplace lay was the weekend event. Workplace right? lay was yeah. Workplace lay was our weekend
0: um, that I've hosted for seven years, and that was all women empowerment. So work university is kind of workplace lay, but in a virtual community format, so that people all around the world can access it
2: all day long. Got it. So. Where does your travel agency, right? Now yes, I was gonna to say I do have a, I do have another baby. Even though okay. work, even though work
0: university is, um, you know, my my main thing. The my, my travel business has kind of become my stepchild, definitely because of recent circumstances, but also because I've just kind of pivoted the way
2: that I um, operate. So I started, and because you SMB. got those pillows and you got your man now, so it's all like, Listen, man. I'm like,
0: yeah, I don't, I don't have time, i don't have time, i don't have time. Um, But I started Busy at the Beach as an extension of the Single Wives Club because I had this audience of single women who wanted to travel. They didn't always have the friends, you know, to travel with. So I started a travel club, basically. At the end of um, last year, I decided that I did not personally want to attend these trips, you know, because I was literally hosting them myself. And so I developed a travel agency And a travel agent certification course where I'm able to train new agents and then provide them with the opportunity to work um, with my host agency. So I am not, you know, a travel agent, so to speak, but I have 43 travel agents, you know, who work with my travel agency. So I'm still very much so involved in the travel industry, but I'm not, you know, personally planning trips um, or hosting group travel anymore. It's just the course and the agency.
2: Got it. So let's talk about multiple streams. So how are you managing your multiple streams? Do you have a team? How long were you doing it alone before you may have gotten a team? Like, because it sounds like it's the heavy load. So let's break it down a little bit and get a better understanding of like, how are you managing all of this?
0: You know, um, that's a good question. Um, it's not that heavy of a load. As crazy as it sounds, I have I build my businesses, you know, off of things that I love, you know, so it, it, that whole thing, you know, do what you love and it doesn't feel like work. That's really real because even when I'm not, even when the task I'm doing right now is not something that I love to do. It's like, I'm doing it for something that I love. So, you know, who cares that I got to send another email It's for a bigger purpose. So I try to, um, assign specific tasks two specific days as much as possible but of course some things just come up randomly you know some fires you know come up and i have to put them out right then and there Um, but for the most part i try to give myself you know monday's my off day tuesday's the day that i'll take um sessions with my students or i'll record my podcast wednesday's the day you know that i'll send out my emails for the week so i try to segment my schedule in that way but again, that does not always work. I do have a team that I'm literally like in the process of developing that I've just, you know, um, started to develop this year. Um, but I am looking forward to like replacing myself. That is, that is my goal for 2020 to be able to like sit down somewhere. So yes, I am, um, for the most part managing, you know, the majority of things myself. But I do, of course, have like a community manager for Work University. I have a lead travel agent for my travel business. I have a co-teacher for my certification course. So I definitely have partners. Um, And right now I'm working to develop it into a
2: cohesive team. So how has that process been, trying to develop it into a cohesive team? (laughs) That's why I'm asking. (laughs)
0: Listen, First of all, I have trust issues, so it took me so long. Not not like not like trust issues, trust issues in relationships. But when it comes to my business, this is the closest thing I got to a baby. You know, like this is I birthed this. You know, this is me. Right. You know, and I, I, so I, it took me so long to even be able to bring people in and you know give people passwords and all of the things that you have to do. As, as an entrepreneur, as a solopreneur trying to, you know, delegate and transition. Um, so it took me forever to do it. And then I looked up and just got, like, the best um, executive assistant in the world. She was, like, so amazing. A dream came true. Dream come true. And then she quit on me. And she quit on me in the middle of, like, planning for price like, mm-hmm. doing all these things. And it was, like... You know, like, I'm out. You know, like, I'm going to give you a two-week notice. Like, bye. Like, bye. You know, people don't really do no work those last two weeks of that two-week notice. Nobody Nobody doesn't. doesn't. So it was really, like, you know, over with pretty much the day she told me, and there was nothing that I could do about it. And that just, it was like a bad breakup. Because not like, you know, we were arguing or anything, but it was a bad breakup for me because it was a realization that I had just put so much on her. You know, she was doing so much that it was just like, what do I even do? You know, like, where do I even start? How can I even pick up the pieces, you know? And so that kind of, you know, jaded me a little bit, but thankfully I have, like I said, been able to kind of add, I've been adding people on gradually. I have not, um, I have not yet hired anybody to her capacity, but I have just recently hired, um, an, an online business manager. So somebody who's helping me to organize, myself so that i
2: can you know bring on um a team and sit down somewhere got it so two last two more questions so how do you know how were you able to identify like what exactly you needed like you say you have an online business manager right like how did you know that's what you needed over an executive assistant like how do you how did you figure that out
0: so the great thing about her is she literally somebody referred her to me um to be a va And one of the services that she offered, aside from being a VA, was like a business audit. And when I tell you that audit was like therapy, it was like, you know, telling somebody all your business as far as like your financials, like, it was like being butt naked in front of a stranger, like just totally crazy. And so at the end of the audit, she was able to tell me you know, these are the areas, you know, that you really need to focus on. This is where obviously your priority is because of your goals, blah, blah, blah. And it was a really good analysis that I have never done on my business, on my operations, on my systems, just like everything and laid it all out there. And that is how I was able to, you know, identify that I needed more of an online business manager than a VA. I still do need a VA, but her skill set is better used as being you know, a business manager. But I will say, I had no clue what I needed. And that has been my problem in the past, because I've hired people here and there that have not worked out, but it hasn't necessarily been their fault, because it starts from the top down. You know, like, I, if I don't know what I need, you can't do it for me. Right. So we're going to waste time just figuring out what I need you to do. And then I'm going to be frustrated, because by the time you do it, I could have did it. So. So I really wanted to make sure that I was bringing people into like a clean house, basically. Like making sure I had my stuff together before I brought on these people so that I was paying them to do stuff that I actually needed them to do.
2: Got it, got it. And I think that's key because I I feel like a lot of us who run businesses go through that same type of experience. Like, okay, what do I really need and what's priority right now versus what's a nice to have? You know, Mm -hmm. it's like when you need somebody to clean your house but you broke like what's priority a a clean house or you paying somebody that you don't got money for to come clean your
0: house yeah exactly
2: um all right so this is a question that I ask all of my guests and it is why are you a woman who roars oh I am a woman who roars because
0: I refused to play by the rules of the game I created my own I did not live by you know what everybody told me about having to be a teacher because that's what my degrees were in. I did not care that I did not have you know the business experience, the business partners, the 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 business degree. I did not let anything stop me. I am continuing to roar, um, and
2: I'm doing it in a way that hopefully changes the world. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being thank on the screen, sharing me. your expertise, being so honest with us, and candid and y'all check out work university check out the travel agency all that good stuff support this woman and again thank you so much for being on the series appreciate you thank
0: you for having me Peace all right, and- mama.